Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN and Anscape contributor Dominique Foxworth has a new podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, bringing his unique perspectives on football, the personalities around it, and just about everything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out the Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Right Time is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Thursday. Comedy <laughs> Foxworth, what's going on? I don't have the same ring. Um, Not that I haven't told you this before, but much respect. This shit is hard, man. Like the <laughs> ability to host a podcast while also i think the thing that i challenged that I had the most difficulty with and like i the first show is out you can listen to it and i actually think it's really good for a for, for a first show but the thing that i feel like i had the most difficulty with is hosting the show guiding the show and also infusing my personality you know which is what makes the shows kind of unique and different and i think which what gets people to buy in and want to listen to the show so normally like I'm a guest on this show. Or I'm a guest on some other show. I am just hanging out, looking for places to 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 jab. You know, like you slide in a little joke here, some insight there, and I let you or Mina or whoever else I'm on with, Bill Barnwell. I let them do the driving. But now I am driving and jabbing. It's hard to do both at the same time. My man Charlie Kravitz is helping me out, but he's newer to this than me, and he, he's great to be a new guy, but. He's a producer who I, I got working with me. But anyway, y'all can go ahead and listen. Tell me how great it is and tell me how to get it better. Yeah, now, nah, man, uh, doing a podcast and all of these things, way harder than it looks <laughs> when you got to be the person that talks first. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's, there, there's something different about being the person that talks first. And right now you're doing it. It's you and the producer. So you ain't like me and you. We could just bounce and we just roll. Yeah. We have a conversation. I would be like, oh, okay, we got to do this before we roll. We got to do that, whatever it is. Yeah, welcome to w- welcome to it. It's kind of like putting me over there on that island and me being like, "Cool, how hard is it to be, you know, in a three deep zone?" Right? I just need to run backward, baby. Yeah, don't let nobody get behind you. It ain't that hard. You can handle it. <laughs> oh man, no, so... man. But we got NFL football season coming. I believe when people get this, it will be the opening night of the football season. I think we got the Bills and the Rams, an actual real live good game. Um, you know, that we'd like to get to, but hey man, what you think about uh your man Tom Brady and all the Tom Brady-ness? It's I was gonna say it's weird, but I guess it's he's been this way for long enough now that we can no longer say it's weird. It is to be expected. And he's not even the weirdest quarterback in the NFL, but the disappearance was unusual, especially for someone who is like throwing passes on vacation. To him to take a break, which like that suggested to me that maybe it was something extra serious. And uh, everyone just talking about it as plastic surgery or hair plugs or something like that. Maybe that is also true. I don't get why he cares so much about that stuff, but I don't get why he cares so much about anything that he cares a lot about. Like, frankly, I'd like one Super Bowl. I might have hung it up after that. <laughs> this man got so many. He's still doing it. So I'm not going to pretend. We've talked about this before that like I get rolled out there like you played explain the mind of the player 
I can explain the mind of some players, but I don't know what's going on in his head. And then this this uh, interview that he did where he talked about he's showing his offensive linemen all the people who are saying that they stink. That seems like a bad idea. Like assuming <laughs> that everybody got Michael Jordan mentality is probably a problem. I would not like that. Like, tell me how I can get better. Don't tell me everybody sucks. And then also say it doesn't matter what people think. So why are you showing me these texts, <laughs> these, these tweets then? Yo, it's so funny. Uh, in 2007, I worked for ESPN and they did not renew my contract. They would tell you they did not fire me. I would say you did not fire me just because you had a contract. You know what <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. like, like, like if you could have gotten rid of me, you would have gotten rid of me. And I remember I was talking to Bill Simmons about it at the time. And he told me, he was like, I know if I were you, I'd be ready to go to Yahoo and show them what they, you know, show them what they were missing. And I was like, nah, it's not really, yeah. uh, it's not, that's not really how I, how I see the world actually. And, and by the way, they don't care. That was, <laughs> that was the, that, that, that lesson. If I had not learned that lesson already, I was aware like, uh, they don't, they ain't thinking about me in that way but i mean here's the thing with tom brady he's like yeah everybody's telling these guys that they stink what they're really telling them is that you're not supposed to be starting in the nfl yeah right and by the way there maybe they could start in the nfl somewhere but they're clearly not supposed to be starting with the tampa bay buccaneers because the tampa bay buccaneers intended for other people to start right like that was what their plan was but the idea though that what got me about him being out, right, and him being gone, is that nobody could come up with an easy, like, what's going on here sort of thing. That was the part that intrigued me, because otherwise it could have just been like, no big deal. We knew this was going to be the case. He'll be back, insert day here, or whatever it is. Nobody could do that, right? So then page six gets involved, right? Now they start talking mm -hmm. about his queen got a problem with it and everything else. And who knows what the issue was in the short term, or da da da. I got no idea. I do feel pretty confident saying this, though. I ain't got to know that man to know this. I don't feel like you got to know that man to know this. He told that woman he was done, and then he was like, ah, psych, I'm back. <laughs> and I assure you, that's not what she was here for. That's not what she was going for. And I don't even necessarily think that it has to be something about, like, her getting his time or any of those things. The reality is, when he coming back in there pissing blood because he's been taking him kidney shots, who the one at the house that got to take care of him? Like, who's the one that's got to watch him in all that pain? Who's the one that's expected to then get him through and as that happens? And you don't know what it does to somebody psychologically and emotionally and how they express that in their private moments. I remember when my wife and I first started dating, um, I'd go out with her and like after we have a game or something, like I'd be sad if it didn't go well or tired even if it did go well or beat up or something and we'd be around and i'd be quiet and maybe come off as a little cold and then we go out and somebody will come up to me and then i turn it on like oh hey great to meet you like thanks a fan whatever love you go broncos let's do this and then she'd be like well, like, why you give them that version of yourself? Because that ain't real. <laughs> that ain't how I feel. You know, like I can put on a mask for a five minute interaction at a restaurant. But again, I, I've it's risky to project what's happening at home. But he's not a cyborg. That emotion goes somewhere. And whether you're having a good season or a bad season, the best I ever played 
probably the best season I ever had was in Atlanta. The most miserable I ever been in my right. entire life. And if you were around me, you would have thought like I was in the locker room. It was all cool. I was at practice. It was all cool. Then I go home and lock myself in, in the hotel room that I was living out of because I got traded just before the season started. And then when I got rented the place, I just locked myself in there, watched film, watched DVDs, and just like be sad. And I and because I'm a toxic ass man, or at least I was, I wouldn't tell nobody about that. I pretend like I was all right. And that was we surprised everybody. We had a great season. I ended up playing incredibly well, good enough to get my contract, but I wasn't drowning. And if there was somebody there, I would have been an asshole to them. And again, I don't know what Tom Brady's life is like, but I know when you do a press conference and you say, I'm 45, a lot of shit going on. That ain't a happy absence. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. I've never heard anybody be like, yo, 45, you just be miserable. I've actually never heard that. At 45, yeah. you be having stuff going on. That <laughs> 45 was a, I mean, I understand why people right. heard that and took 45 as a proxy for married. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Married. Got a lot going on. Right. And again, <laughs> exactly. I don't know if that's the case, but it would be right. reasonable if that were the case. Right. Like that would be something that makes sense. And I do think that as we observe football players or just athletes in general, like I remember when Ryan Sandberg used to play his second base for the mm -hmm. Cubs. Right. Hall of Famer. Rob, Ryan Sandberg retired twice. Once he retired, like at the end of April. And then he wound up coming back, and then he did a more, like I guess, standard retirement, one would say. Now, the thing about Sandberg was he was always bad in, in, in April. Excuse me. First month of the season, he was always bad. He attributed to cold weather, but he never hit well in April. But the thing was, he was going through a divorce, yeah. right? And so he's going through this divorce, and apparently all that stuff was happening, so he decides he leaves, and then he winds up coming back when he gets this sort of thing, you know, in line or straight. We had the Ed Ogeron story Um mm -hmm. You know, when he was there and he came out, it was just like, yo, this man got divorced and his whole situation went haywire, right? Like everything about him went off. These these things happen with people. Like I think about you talk about being in that hotel room. You isolated you away from people like it worked out that you played well, but that could have easily mm. negatively affected your performance. Now, what I want to know with Tom Brady as this goes is. They always think because they played good last year, they're going to play good. Yeah good next year that's what everybody thinks hardly anybody gets out ahead of this john elway is the best example that i think most of us can think of as somebody who really got out ahead of this most of us get to watch our heroes die in real time directly mm -hmm. in front of us now you help me out here right because i ain't no football x and ogs okay i feel like there are a lot of things that you can scheme around to fix mm -hmm. i feel like the thing you really can't scheme around to fix is pressure up the middle and that's what it seems like Tom Brady going to get a whole lot of this year. Yeah. So this is the argument. I think this is the argument for Tom Brady being able to make up for that um, issue. His last year in um, New England, they had a good offensive line and no pass catchers. And Tom Brady, we thought he was on the decline. He got down to where they had a great offensive line and great pass catchers. And he figured it out. I believe that Tom Brady has seen so much and has enough experience that he can um, react quickly to pressure, meaning throw the ball away. So they won't be as explosive. They won't be as consistent. They'll have a lot more 
three and outs, they'll end up putting more pressure on the defense. But these guys aren't dudes off the street. So, like, they will be able to protect him sometime. So the way that I view this is Tom Brady just has a small, mar smaller margin of error because they're going to be a lot more plays that he just going to have to ball up and throw away. You know, like, all right, let me let me dirt this thing and we'll punt it away. I'm not going to try to break a tackle or try to force in a pass and turn it over. Like, it's going to put more pressure on the defense and his philosophy and the philosophy of that team is keep it close. At the end of the game, I'm going to beat Tom Brady because they're not going to throw anything at me that I can't uh, address. Now, if that center of the offensive line, the middle of the offensive line is so bad that he can't, he can't do five-step drops, all right, there's no hope. But if you can do it sometimes, and I would argue I'm going to upset some big dudes, but guard and center, man, like on the entire <laughs> football team, them the dudes – like, I guess you center to call protection. That's something else. But that's a product of studying. That's not a product of athleticism. But they might be the easiest people to find, the easiest job in football. Not saying it's easy, but don't nobody grow up like, man, I'm going to be the best guard in football. You want to be the best tackle if you're a big white dude. <laughs> you don't, don't want to be the best guard. Well, like, if, so, it feels like everybody's playing guard. Like, you're, you're, you're probably playing guard because there's something else you could not do. Exactly. And that's the point is that I don't mean no disrespect to them, but that is the easiest position to play. It's not, and I've never played it, so I could be way off, whatever. I'm not saying it's easy to play, but don't nobody who sucks at guard get moved out to tackle. <laughs> you know, like people who suck at tackle get moved down to guard, you, you know, and then no, no defensive tackles who aren't aggressive enough or I mean, defensive tackles who aren't aggressive enough. When I was in college, they put them at guard. They're like, why don't you be a backup guard? See if you can sort that out. You know, <laughs> that's they don't they don't ever do it the other way around. So I mean, no disrespect, but the facts are the facts. So if there is a position that you can compensate for, I'm with you. Pressure up the middle is a problem but you're protected on all sides you're not on the island like a tackle would be if there's a position that you can kind of coach around and give help to and is like it's like inherently under less pressure it's those interior linemen positions yeah i just feel like with brady we gotta stop acting like people can't get old they can yeah. get old right like this this happens at some point to everybody like i think about brett Favre. When the Vikings got him in 09, I was like, look, he didn't look good the year before. I don't know why y'all keep betting on this. And then in 09, he was as good as we had seen him be since he was maybe the best mm -hmm. quarterback I've ever seen. Exactly. And then 2010 came and it was like, oh, the man who you thought would never get old, dumb messed around and got old. So like they in that division that they should win because right. who else is going to win that division? Right. Like, there's, you know, the Saints. Saints seem to have everything except, I mean, how much faith you putting in one-legged Janus, right? Like, yeah. like you know. And, we, and and no Sean Payton. Yes, right, which right. Which matters. So yeah. they, they've they owned the Bucks in the regular season. So that's your vote of confidence. But that was the Sean Payton Saints, which I do think matters. He's one of the best coaches in football. Well, he's out of football now, but he will be one of the best coaches when he get back. So, yeah. They they might win a division. And the NFC in general is weak. So they mess around and make a deep run. 
if Tom Brady can hold off this aging uh, one more year. But I'm with you. You can't keep pretending like it's not going to happen. But you can't move on either. What you going to do? Oh, no, no, no. You, you keep, keep rolling your dice until, until you crap out, baby. Look, man, I remember that time I got on TV and I was like, look, man, looking at Serena Williams and where this goes and, well, and her age. Like, yeah, you got to assume that this is on the decline. That was 10, 11 years ago. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure uh, which one it was. I remember when I said that about Tom Brady. That uh, was eight years ago. And by oh. the way, he did begin to decline. Like, he's yep. not the quarterback that he was in 2011. I had people get mad at me saying this about LeBron at one point. They're like, yo, he's in decline. I'm like, you need to be very clear about what you're saying. That is he in decline? Yes, obviously. It doesn't mean that he's not still really, really good. But he's not as good as he was. And, you know, oh, you're saying he's in decline. You hater, da, da, da. All of this stuff. But now Brady and what he was. And you saw that first year in Tampa. They were like, okay, out routes. We're going to chill on those. Like, we're not... <laughs> We're, we're, we don't think that's the best move because that's what when quarterbacks are losing there, they can't throw that out. That out becomes six points, right? Yeah. Those corners are sitting back there in that cover two, waiting on it, waiting on it, waiting on it, get it, and they're out. Boom. Yeah, that's what it is. They had to cut that stuff out. They had to do a few of those things, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I, Brady played for the Patriots who were all about the no distractions, generally speaking, mm -hmm. and now – I could understand why somebody would look at that team as being distracted. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Now, speaking of the Patriots, I, I hadn't planned to talk about this, but it just hit me. I want to ask you this question. They out here with who knows what going on on offense, right? All right. And the point I make to people, you and I have talked about this. That year they won that Super Bowl, Charlie Weiss had, I think it was a heart attack, but he had some, you know, situation where he had to back out. And Bill Belichick took over a lot of the offensive coaching, like a lot of the quarterback coaching. You know, it's like all those things go together. Like, I think that football coaches are typically a little more versatile than they give people credit for being. My question with him is not Matt Patricia's the defensive guy. Why is he calling plays? Or not even about uh, Judge Joe Brown. I ain't even so worried mm -hmm. about that. My question is, Matt Patricia wasn't a very good defensive coordinator. Like, do nope. you think that this is actually what he's supposed to be doing over here, that you found it? But you go back and look at how those defenses performed 
with um, Patricia versus Brian Flores, and you see there was a difference. All like, right, why are you putting this in the hands of this guy? Yeah, and Brian Flores went somewhere else and created another top of the league defense, which I guess Matt Patricia went to, you could blame it on Detroit, but he was not able to do that in Detroit. So uh, I think that Bill Belichick, if you look at his organization now, he trusts himself and the best, I'm not in the building, so this is somewhat of a guess, but like it feels like he wants people that he knows that he can trust, people that he's worked with before, and he wants to control everything. I'm under no misconception that Matt Patricia is designing the game plan alone. Like we all know that Brady credits Belichick because they had those weekly meetings that the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator wasn't even allowed in. It was just Brady and Belichick. So Belichick knows offense and who better to know how to attack offense than really smart defensive guys. So I'm with you on that point. I would love Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator if we believe that he was a really smart defensive guy. <laughs> you know, like you know where the problems are. You know how you don't want to be attacked and you know all those things. That helps you so much more. I was talking about this on my podcast, talking about what, what I learned from Ed Reed about watching film. And the thing I learned is to watch the film like a quarterback, not like a defensive player and anticipate what the quarterback is seeing, because that'll tell you more. I used to watch looking for tendencies that they would show, but what you need to be trying to figure out is what is that man thinking? What does he think we're doing? What is he afraid of? What is he trying? What are we showing him? And that's what, that's why I was higher on the defensive guys running the offense than most people. And generally we, overestimate how like intelligent these guys are <laughs> you know like the offensive coaches and it's one we give a lot more credit to coaches I think for being geniuses than they actually deserve and two we give a lot lot more credit to offensive coaches so I do not believe that a coach can't switch sides of the ball and call offensive plays like let's be honest the difficult part about being an offensive coordinator is all the stuff that happens in the week leading up to it. It's putting together a game plan, designing plays, and uh, managing your staff to make sure that you also find time to coach your fundamentals, coach out mis mix mistakes, like get all that stuff done during the week. That's the hard part. The easy part to me, and I have never called plays in an NFL game, but it's calling the plays. Because you have a big Waffle House menu that has every scenario that could happen on the card. And it's like, all right, if we are third and six, these are the five best plays we should run. We got three against man coverage because this team runs a lot of man coverage. We got one or two blitz beaters and we got something to attack a cover three, something to attack, a cover two. It's more than five plays, but you get the point. What you do is you script the first 15 plays. In that 15-play period, you try to get a feel for what the opponent is trying to do, how they are trying to attack you. And then when it becomes third and five, you call the best play for that situation. And then you either have success or you fail. If you uh, failed, then you decide, oh, they were in man coverage. Oh, they blitz. You know what they're going to do next third and five? The same 
that worked last time. <laughs> so now you call your your blitz beater. Like this is really simple stuff. And then uh, the the next hard part is in the locker room. You're like, all right, we dominated that first half, which means they ain't gonna do that stuff again. How would they respond? How should they respond to this? What should they start doing more of? All right, these are the three things that they could potentially do more of. These are the three plays in our um in our Rolodex that we could pull out to attack these potential three solutions. All right, we come out and we add those plays. If you got dominated in the first half, you're like, all right, they like what they're doing. They're going to do more of the same. How can we adjust Maybe we didn't have the right plays in. How can we adjust to that? Like, and Bill Belichick is going to be involved every step of the way. So, like, that to me is the point why I got annoyed when people were like, oh, but these defensive guys, <laughs> they're going to ruin it. Like, y'all think these, these dudes is rocket scientists? We're not asking them to perform surgery. Asking them to look at a card and pick a play. So, By the way, guess what Matt yeah. Patricia actually is? Offensive. A rocket scientist. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I yeah, thought you were going to say I, offensive I line coach because he yeah, was, was like, that yeah. before he switched up defense. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, rocket scientist. And they're like, oh, well, actually. Yeah, actually. I mean, I, I ain't seen his transcript. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'd be I'd be curious uh, what kind of rocket science he was practicing because he back over here playing caveman games. But, you know, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the I think the other thing with the Patriots is it was a lot of Mac Jones talk that I thought was out of line with yeah. his actual performance. Like I thought he didn't mess nothing up and he was in a position to not make mistakes, but I did not see a future great quarterback. Like I saw somebody who would end up more. Um, I think he could probably be better than Teddy Bridgewater though. That's tricky. Cause we saw Teddy mess his leg up and who knows what it would have been if that didn't happen. But I think he's in that class of replaceable quarterback like i don't think they have a 15 year guy there i don't think they have a guy that's going to raise the level of play of the dudes who are around him and that's what i think we're going to see this year the league got a year of film on mac jones and i don't know if he got it yeah i'm with you on that like he falls into that same category of like it like matt castle yes uh, jimmy garoppolo like those guys who like as as I don't know. I, I feel like I want to say the Patriots have underachieved, but they really haven't underachieved recently because they haven't really had the players to, well, the quarterback to get it done. But I do think that there's so much. We we had this big quarterback draft class and we wanted somebody to be good. And <laughs> Mac Jones was the least bad. Yeah. I mean, Davis Mills. And so we like, hey, got something there. <laughs> and I think you're right. He. The man threw three passes because it was windy one time. So I don't <laughs> think anybody believes in him any more than that. And now he's a chance to grow. That's that is the best hope for him. Is this is a point I argue all the time is that the situation is more important to building a franchise quarterback, in my view, than the quarterback's talent alone. And his hope is that he landed in a good enough situation that he has time to develop into something more, which is frankly what ha happened to Tom Brady. He's a six round pick. Man wasn't good. <laughs> he he landed in a good situation. He worked really hard. He deserves credit, and he uh, he evolved and developed because the team around him was really good. Same with Dak Prescott. I mean, same with Russell Wilson. Uh, same with Patrick Mahomes. Except he didn't develop. He dropped into a perfect situation, and he was amazing right off the top. Josh Allen. They developed a good situation around him. Like. I had this conversation on my podcast 
where Charlie tried to push back on me. And so I just asked him a straight up question. If you put Zach Wilson in San Francisco, how you think he played last year? And so we went down Justin Fields. He was like, good. Justin Fields, good. Trevor Lawrence, great. And I was like, that's, that <laughs> is my exact point. These boys ain't that bad. They just play for the Jets. Uh, Justin Fields going to be sitting out here week one going like this. See? See? <laughs> See? Because the Bears are playing the 49ers, right? He going to be out there like, exactly. can you imagine? And, and uh, keep in mind, the 49ers had the opportunity to take him, right? Uh -huh. You know what they Told y'all that that, that could have been me. That could have that 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 right there. That could have been me. There it is. Like you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey man, I gotta figure out what he be doing in interviews, talking to people or whatever. I ain't never seen somebody who has made it clear to us that he ain't it. And people are so adamant to try to tell us that he is something that the man threw a pass in the Super Bowl with his eyes closed. You saw at the end of that NFC championship game, none of us thought for a second there was any chance that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be able to get that done. The team that had him and went to a Super Bowl with him traded three first-round picks to get his replacement. He has been out here available to the world, and nobody wanted him. And you can make that whole, well, teams needed to see him throw. No, they didn't. I watched uh -huh. the, the Dolphins once sign one-legged Dante Culpepper to a zillion-dollar contract right? while basically still hurt. And all of this stuff. Now, if anybody thought he was that dude, he would have been there. He is not that dude. Peyton Manning had his spine fused. <laughs> <laughs> and they was like, why don't you come out here and throw it around a little bit uh, and, sh and show us what you can do. All right, we'll sign you up. So, yeah, if the draft and this is what um is like shocked me about the reaction to them resigning him is people are like, oh, this means they don't have trust in trey lance oh this could be a problem in the locker room because he's won so much so many games for them i was like what what evidence do you have that anybody in that building really believes in him because i got a lot of evidence that they don't you know <laughs> and the idea that the guys who are on the team and you were you were kind about the interception the eyes closed interception because you didn't say it was the interception. You said he threw his pass. He threw a pass with his eyes closed. You also didn't say it was just before halftime, um, which was also pretty bad. But imagine being one of the guys on that team last year. He had an opportunity to put the Cowboys game away and threw an interception in the third quarter and grossly underthrew a wide open Shanahan schemed up pass later on. The touchdown he threw was. I think zero air yards might have been negative one. It was a screen to Debo and Debo did Debo things and took it to the crib. So these guys are on that team. And then they saw him throw an interception in the red zone against the Packers. Imagine being on that defense. You shut Aaron Rodgers down. And they can't muster no points. <laughs> and people are trying to convince me. That somehow, if Trey Lance struggles, that these guys, D'Amico Ryans and his defense, are going to be like, but bring bring back Jimmy. Because Jimmy, like, no, they were there. And I know what it feels like to be on a team where you feel like you don't got no hope on the other side of the ball. It's, Look, and what Trey Lance offers is hope. So even if he's bad, my guess is the locker room is going to be like, stick with the kid. Yo, <laughs> this why they be trying to keep black backup quarterbacks.
for black starting quarterback. Exactly. That calm all that noise down right fast. <laughs> Do you think it's a coincidence that the Ravens got uh what's his name? Tyler Huntley? Is that what his name? No. They had RG3 before that. Yeah, Man. they had RG3 before that. And I told you, Jacksonville's the first team. Jacksonville had three of them when James mm-hmm. Harris, former black quarterback. Was the dude that was in charge? He knew, man. We can't have a white man anywhere uh, near this because the streets gonna be out here ready for it. You, I mean, you can. You think a lot of y'all? I know you think I'm tripping about this, but when it really jumped to me that year, Blake Sims was the quarterback at Alabama, and he was really good that year. I forget what game they had, but every mistake that he made, man, Brent Musburger was trying to bring sorry Jake Coker in there, and yes, they did win a national championship eventually with Jake Coker, in spite of Jake Coker, all of that. But this is what it is. If you got, I, I grew up in Houston, man. They was calling mm. for Cody Carlson every week over Warren Moon. Warren Moon. Hall <laughs> of Famer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dog. I've seen oh, this. I've seen this. This game plays out. Didn't Seattle have like Tavares Jackson behind mm-hmm. Russell Wilson before mm-hmm. they went and got Geno Smith? Exactly. That's <laughs> Yo, man. They they tell y'all who 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 you know Deshaun Watson when he gets there, who the backup? Jacoby Brissett. Like oh, they telling y'all this the only They got Josh guy. Dobbs too, right? They yes, they, they did. got everybody. Yes, they did. They telling y'all, man. They they uh, they like this this what this goes. So no, if if Trey Lance struggles, I got news for you guys. Trey Lance gonna have to figure it out. Because yeah. if you trade three first round picks for a quarterback, I'm shocked he wasn't the quarterback last year, but he's gonna be the quarterback this year believe that yeah i tend to want my quarterbacks to play early i I mean i understand with trey more than i do with anyone else because he like played lower level college football and then they had the covid year he really ain't play at all so like i get that but uh some people push back on that by saying but patrick mahomes set out a a year trying to convince me that if patrick mahomes ain't played that first year he wasn't gonna be nice (laughs) like he ain't he may not have been as good as he was the second year but he would have got really good really fast because he's really good and that situation is really great so trey lance i think he's gonna turn out to have quite an impressive season this year i got them at least in the final four Yes, so we'll see. I'm indifferent to your quarterback playing early. I see no evidence that it helps. I see no evidence that it hurts. Like, I don't I don't have a great answer for how exactly that goes. Like, I remember Jeff Schwartz would talk about Mahomes and was like, the year one, like, dude, he's not ready. And I'm assuming he's not ready because Jeff's brother played on the team, right? right. Like, I was guessing that mm-hmm. they were seeing something to just say, no, nah, we got Alex Smith right now. But then, you know, once we clean some of this stuff up, you might be ready. And I felt like I saw enough of Trey Lance last year to say, nah, that dude didn't need to be starting um, yeah. at that point. But nah, man, you ain't you ain't running no Jimmy Garoppolo out here. Like, I just, I just, no, no, I just, I just, no, I don't see it. Like, this is going to be an all-around interesting quarterback year this year because I think there's a real concern with the Rams, with what is or is not going on with Matthew Stafford and his elbow because that dude ain't young man like this is like a year 13 i think we want to say with him and that dude's got a lot of miles on him i'm real curious to see um how that one plays out i think there's room for Tua optimism because they're going to be running that same san francisco sort of offense and i think that if you put it out there and like look you leave a dude open Tua gonna get it to a dude that's wide open i mean Tua in college was anticipating like it's i was gonna it's hard to explain what is happening to her, how he lost his skills, but it's not hard to explain. They had the worst offensive line. Like the protection was terrible. They had 14 offensive coordinators. They were doing this, um, this fits magic experiment experiment. And I mean, as, as on Brian Flores, side, as I am about many of the things, like 
seemed like he kind of could be a hard guy to work with also, especially yes. if you're a quarterback that he ain't feeling. So, like, there are many reasons that I think are not a reach to suspect that Tua is going to play well. He's mastered the RPO, and they got boys out there. And I think the, the zone blocking scheme and the play action off of that will take pressure off the offensive line. Because while they did bring in Armstead, they didn't do what the Chiefs did or what the Bengals did and like completely revamp and rebuild that offensive line. It's still got some issues on it. So they're going to have to find ways to, to protect them. Yeah. And as for Matt Stafford, cornerbacks play inside leverage. We got to go back to that. What they was doing with Tom Brady, challenge him to consistently hit them outs, them comebacks, them long throws. And he was never like, not that he's not a smart quarterback. He, I mean, he can read defenses and all that, but what make people excited about him is his arm strength and taking away his arm strength is taking away Lamar's speed. So I don't know what his elbow is like, but if it is diminished, I don't know that he got the ability to still be as good as he was last year. And he wasn't perfect last year, but as good as he was last year, if you if he loses that towards the end of the season. Yeah, now we're going to put a pin on Lamar Jackson because we can't get out of here without talking about him. But I believe Jalen Hurts is playing for his career, whether he realizes it or not. Absolutely. Like, because, I mean, all you're hearing about is how loaded the Eagles are everywhere else, right? And this is going to be a referendum on him. And I say this as someone who's been a Jalen Hurts skeptic since he was a freshman in college. Everybody's going to be looking at him. And if you can't get something done with this team, it will then be declared that you are not a starting NFL quarterback, period. Whether, Whether that's right or wrong is its own discussion, but that's where it is. He just going to be running around backing up black quarterbacks for the rest of his career. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's not in the situation. So like Trubisky, for example, yeah. with Pittsburgh, I'm not out on Trubisky, right? Mm. Like, I don't know how successful it was reasonable to expect him to be in Chicago. And by the way, I think that second year, he was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, I could, you know, now the Steelers offensive line is cheeks. So yeah. that's going to be its own issue. But Jalen Hurts going to wind up living that life, right? Bounce around mm. Mr. Bridge, Tyrod Tyro Taylor. Going to a team just waiting on somebody to put a hole in your lung, and then you go sit back and let somebody else get your job. I I don't even think Jalen Hurts would be that honestly, because I think, think that the yeah Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback. He's not a backup quarterback in my view. I don't, I'm not. I think because the limitations that he has, people would view him unless he's just like some great locker room presence. Like he's a bit undersized and inaccurate and not a great passer. It's hard for me to believe, and he's black. Let's keep it real. It's the 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 backup quarterback is often uh old boys situation. The somebody you can trust, somebody the coaches know. It tends not to be the black guy. So maybe and he, he can back up Karun guy. You know, he's yeah. coach's son, all of yeah. that. Two like Tua spoke so highly of him and the way that he handled everything at Alabama. Um, all of those things, right? Like he seems to be that guy. I just, like I said, the Eagles are the third pro team I've seen him play for. And the first two had a ceiling based on his passing, even though he was like a Heisman trophy runner up at both of them. And yes, I'm calling (laughs) Alabama and Oklahoma pro teams. Like it's it's the wildest thing. Like you could watch it. It's not that he wasn't a good player, but there was a ceiling that was there. And the Eagles had been good with him. I just, again, I think there's a ceiling that comes from there. 
But speaking of black quarterbacks, uh, if I'm Dak Prescott, I don't care how loaded the Eagles are. I would like to come out here and win this division. Like, I can't mess with your money or nothing like that, but they're going to be on your keister, dog. He's they. I don't know why. I mean, I guess Dak Prescott is just evidence to the fact that you can't win, man. Don't don't try to win him over. I don't know what he actually feels and what he actually thinks, but he says things that are the right things to say, and it don't never matter. He plays in a way that is, I mean, top of the league type stuff, like above average at least. Like, I'm not going to pretend like he's Josh Allen. I'm not crazy or Patrick Mahomes, but most teams would give up their quarterback and their firstborn to get Dak Prescott. And especially the Cowboys who, like, before Tony Romo and was in the wilderness. So like they still be talking about him in any old kind of way every year. Like I saw on Twitter this morning, people reputable people making an argument that Dak Prescott is under more pressure than Jalen Hurts this, this season. Now, I mean, I, I'll name names. <laughs> I know. Was Orlovsky, and I went right at him like that's foolishness. Why are you doing this all the time? Every year you try to find a way to put pressure on Dak Prescott that is only there because y'all put it there. Like he he's got he's got excuses, explanations. You can point to all this other stuff. He's proven himself. He got a contract. Like how is he under more pressure than Jalen Hurts, who don't have no excuses or explanations? Oh, I'll tell you how he uh, how dad don't get that. If the dad ain't thinking about it like we think about it, you and I both know Jalen Hurts is playing for his career. Exactly. Dan Orlovsky is not looking at this in the same yeah. way that we are to be like, nah, dog, they. They ain't, they ain't letting you come back. Like, you think about this, and I know this feels like an extreme example, but Geno Smith never got a real chance to start at quarterback again because somebody broke his jaw. Yep. Right? Like, this dude had two years in an awful situation, and that looked like the year where if it was going to happen, it was going to happen, and we was going to get a chance to see. That man got one more chance to start, and they fired the dude that gave him that chance to start immediately after. Not simply because he let Geno start. It was more about benching Eli Manning. But still, if it wasn't Geno Smith, I don't think that man necessarily gets fired. It's tenuous. Dak Prescott got guaranteed money, right? Yeah. The team likes him. He has, I mean, he's been good, right? I would yeah. say at points he has actually been excellent. You're not just going to get no geek off the street to do what it is that he does. You're not. You're not going to go back in the fourth round and get another one of those. I mean, he's led, I think, a fourth-quarter comeback win in the playoffs against the Seahawks. Like, he had three scoring drives in the fourth quarter as a rookie against um, in the playoffs against the Packers. They end up losing that game because Aaron Rodgers was, was magical. He had top-of-the-league offense. He got injured, and and they fell back a little bit. Like, I don't know what more you can ask for out of him. And I can't imagine why everyone is still, like, he has something to prove, an idea. This has been – I think that a great quarterback and any great player can elevate the people around them and not even elevate them as much as to take pressure off of them. But ain't nobody – this ain't basketball. You Nobody is going to, like – overcome <laughs> like all of this stuff and tom brady's another great example of it the pats were not good with him because he can't overcome all the other issues the next year he goes to tampa where there are no other issues and he wins the super bowl and jalen hurts is on a team that looks a lot like tampa did it's like hey they really good the quarterback sure turned the ball over a lot so we saw tom brady jump teams to a super bowl ready team we saw 
Uh, Russell Wilson jumped to a Super Bowl-ready team. We saw Matt Stafford jump to a Super Bowl-ready team. If there is another quarterback who is trying to get missing, they're going to be looking at the Eagles because the mm-hmm. Eagles will be the spot. They're like, man, I got two like all-pro-level tackles. All the DBs you need. Defensive, like Fletcher Cox next to Jordan Davis. Pass rushers and everything. And two all-pro-level receivers. Or at least Pro Bowl level receivers, a great offensive line. Yo. I would be trying to get. I don't know who the quarter. Maybe it's Dak. If I'm Dak, get me out of there. I'm Trevor Lawrence. I'm holding out. Y'all gonna have to trade. I'm pulling uh, uh James Harden. Y'all gonna have to trade me to Philadelphia. By the way, I forgot that uh Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis uh play next to each other. And because football is a strange world, I can say this, and like some of y'all gonna look at me funny, but it's the truth. That's a big booty contest they got in the middle right there, boy. Like, right? That defensive line coach is in practice standing behind the two of them. Like, boy, just, look at all that ass. Just so happy. That's <laughs> thrilled. Oh, he just it's feel like he on Instagram, just scrolling yoga pants galore. Right, 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 right. Like, like it's right there. He's like, I just can't believe I got these two brontosauri. Right here in the (laughs) middle. He just can't believe it. Lamar Jackson, before Uh, we get out of here, speaking of people, when they be talking about the pressure all day, Lamar Jackson ain't really under no pressure, man. I I can't think of how bad Lamar Jackson would have to play where the Ravens would not have be forced to franchise tag him next year going into it. What else they going to do? What, like, what, what other option is there? I don't know what he wants. None of us know this. He just really don't care if we talk about him because any struggle he has, we got all the noise to pop up. And he seems as unbothered as anybody I can think of. Yeah, that's outstanding. And it's frustrating because I get forced into a corner because everyone else is, not everyone else, but so many other people are so like hyperbolically negative. It's like, I feel like I can't even acknowledge the shortcomings that Lamar has. Cause like every quarterback has shortcomings. Well, what would you say they are? Yeah, I would say that his accuracy is like, that's the, that's the one thing that I think I would really like to see him improve. His decision-making is not pristine, but elite quarterbacks in this league have decision-making that is just as consistent or inconsistent as Lamar Jackson. The accuracy is the is the issue to me. So everybody has shortcomings. Nobody is perfect. And the the like, I don't know, the fervor in which people like hang on Lamar's shortcomings is frustrating, especially for someone who's had so much success so early in his career. And to your point about the Ravens paying him, the Ravens have been arguably the best franchise in football since they got in here. I guess the Patriots is hard to argue against that. So they've been up there. Never had a, a um, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame level quarterback. They got one. They ain't letting him walk out that door. Like, <laughs> there's no way that's happening. Even if he gets hurt, as long as it's not catastrophic, they're going to pay that man his money. I watched a team give the franchise tag to Kirk Cousins twice before another one gave him $84 million guaranteed when nobody had ever done that before, right? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But I think that Cousins actually becomes an important illustration as, again, we don't really understand what's going on with these negotiations. Mm-hmm. But the idea 
that um, Deshaun Watson got all that money guaranteed, yesterday's price is not today's price. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter, but so much for Lamar Jackson because it was. I thought that Kirk Cousins was going to open the door for guaranteed contracts for all, and it did not happen. Jimmy Haslam went out here, and as my understanding is, was bidding against himself and gave up this contract to Watson that nobody else was making him do. He just decided he was going to be the one to take $230 million cash and put that in escrow for a guy that has all the red flags in the world. That don't mean nobody else is going to get that kind of money. Now, Kyler Murray, that's where Lamar Jackson looks up and is like, all right, mm -hmm. that's a, that that's not even a start. That's just to let you know why it is I'm asking for this. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. The The Ravens have a good argument against the Deshaun. I mean, they, they both have really good arguments, which is probably why we're at a stalemate. Like, I understand Lamar's argument. Like, it's, you tend to base your contract off your peers. That's what he got. I'm better than him, and I'm not a problem. I understand his argument. I understand why he would stick by that. Uh, and from the Ravens' side, I understand their argument. Just because they did something dumb don't mean we got to. Right. Like, it's a reasonable argument. Like, I will we'll pay you. Um, The thing, the Kyler Murray, um, or no, the Russell Wilson contract that Lamar uh, responded to suggests to me that maybe it ain't about getting this fully guaranteed contract. Because if he is reacting to that contract in a way that suggests that he wish he got it, it suggests to me that the Ravens is playing some sort of game that they don't need to play with this man. And mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm quick to, to uh, challenge the decision makings of a lot of organizations. The Ravens, I'm a little slower to challenge their decision makings because they have such a great track record. Ozzy not there anymore. He's a consultant, so maybe he's involved. So maybe I can challenge DaCosta's decision making. But it would, based on history, if you got a guy... And as long as your cap is not in shambles, the sooner the, you pay him, the better off you are. Particularly if you have a unique quarterback like um, like Lamar, who is relying on his athleticism a lot more. You want to be paying him while he's young. And if you what they what the um, Broncos did was they locked up Russell Wilson into the future on to, at today's prices. So like, why wouldn't you want to do that? With Lamar Jackson, it's like the sooner you lock him up, the, the sooner it, it, it will be that you get to him in a good contract. And right now, I feel very confident saying I think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. Yeah. I think Lamar Jackson is going is going to get better while Russell Wilson is going to get worse. Yeah. Right. I like I just don't I, I don't think the last two years of Russell Wilson have been nearly as good as I think a lot of people would assume that they have been. And that dude's taken a lot of miles and takes a zillion sacks a year and everything mm -hmm. else. Like I'm not I think for the Broncos can win with him because they got so much else. Right. Yep. They got so much other stuff that is around him. But I'm not in on Russell Wilson like I would have been three years ago, four years ago, something like that. I'm not there. Lamar Jackson. I'm still on sky's the limit. He's still what, 25? <laughs> Right. Like we talk about a dude that's got an MVP and you could talk about the struggles in the playoffs or whatever it is. By my math, um, Josh Allen has been the quarterback in one more playoff win than Lamar Jackson has. Now, granted, mm -hmm. that win was over, you know, one of those wins was over the, yeah, Ravens. Over the Ravens. I get yeah. that. But still, it's not like this track record that we've seen from this other dude is that much stronger. And again, you and I just so everybody understands. We're on the Josh Allen train now, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. We just, unlike y'all, we waited until, like, they cleaned <laughs> up the train, right? Y'all jumped uh, on it after everybody had just got off. It was, you know, uh, peanut shells on the floor and everything else. 
We just decided to wait until they had a chance to straighten that thing up, you know, but we there, we there. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes. He struggles a little. Everybody's going to have all the noise, but baby, if he get out here and ball, mm, woo. Mm, mm. That's the really weird part about this is, I don't know. We don't know what's happening in negotiations. So like, all right, maybe he's asking for something unreasonable and I could understand not signing him something unreasonable, but why would you want to go into a season where your interests and your quarterback's interests are not aligned? <laughs> you know, and they are going to be rooting for Lamar Jackson to play really well, but not that well. Yeah, you don't try to get a bargain on the quarterback. Like, no. I think you need to walk in with the quarterback and be like, hey, let's get this done. Now, who knows? Lamar Lamar could be asking for something so crazy yeah. that they, you know, but I think you walk in the door with the quarterback. Those those negotiations should never be antagonistic. Particularly that quarterback, too. Because he is the only one I really feel like actually makes people around him better. Yes. Like to a decided degree. Like I think that great passers, like obviously um, Adams, Devontae Adams was made somewhat better by the fact that Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the ball. I think that is probably true. However, Lamar Jackson his ability to run the ball and his athleticism makes the offensive line's job so much easier. It makes the running back's job so much easier. His like his presence alone forces teams to put an extra man in a box while everyone else in the league is facing these two high coverages. Everyone's following this Brandon Staley model, morphing into two high coverages. Do that against the Ravens. I dare you. <laughs> Go ahead and take both your safeties and put them back deep against the Ravens. I dare you. Uh, you can play cover four and put your safeties in the box to attack the run, which is what a lot of teams do, but it puts your corners in some jeopardy. Um, that, to me, feels like a bargain, honestly, <laughs> because you ended up with players perform outperforming, and then that's when the, the strike of the actually counts. The one um, position that I didn't name was like receiver. I think he makes it easier for the receivers to get open, but because he's so good at running and they run so often, receivers are not going to be as productive. But tight ends, I'm sure they love it over there. In the middle of the field is going to be great because don't nobody want to be on that highlight tape. <laughs> They're running up, filling that hole, and you just get in behind them. By the way, shout out to whoever Lamar Jackson's training is. I need meet that dude Lamar, oh, yeah. Jackson, Lamar Jackson came back it was like look man I gotta I gotta be ready for this pound and I saw that dude out there I was like damn you out here okay I see, I see you P90X you know what I'm saying like I, I see that creatine going to work all right but hey that is Dominique Fosworth who's made my job so much easier now because he used to have to try to run through all the stuff he did but now I can say check out the Dominique Foxworth show twice a week Tuesdays and Thursdays wherever you get your podcast be sure to pull that down my man I appreciate you thank you Always. Thank you for coming right. back. Help they, me promote this thing. All good, man. All good. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the right time. We do this thing three times a week normally, but now I'm just popping in once a week. Um, Dan Stanchik and Adi Khan handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Dan, uh, for forgiving me if I said your name wrong. It all happens. We all a little bit rusty. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. 
Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.